This episode of Astronomy Cast is brought to you by Swinburne Astronomy Online, the world's longest-running online astronomy degree program. Visit astronomy.swin.edu.au for more information. Hi, everyone. It's Fraser here. So this is in the second of the live shows that we recorded during the Not the End of the World cruise at the end of 2012. Once again, this was done in front of a live audience, uh, so you'll hear them uh, responding to us and laughing at our jokes, I hope, uh, in the uh, in the background. And I apologize for the audio quality. We did this on a uh, sort of portable recording device. So this is going to correspond to episode 285 for December 17th, 2012, How the World Will Really End. So have you checked out the internet lately? Apparently, there's some kind of rogue planet causing polar alignment and a killer solar flare, which will set off a chain reaction, turning the whole universe into strange matter after an alien invasion. All at once. All at once. This is all going to happen. The internet told me. And the internet is always true. So uh, <laughs> everything you can believe, you found it on the internet. So, so today, right, we're going to talk about... And especially this is really exciting because we are now on the eve of the apocalypse, of the Mayan apocalypse, as predicted. The world by the Ma- ends tomorrow. The world ends tomorrow. And so actually, you know what? If you hear this recording right now, that means that the world didn't end. And we're good with that. Yeah, yeah. So you'll actually get this information, and but you didn't need it because the world didn't end. So, so basically we're wasting our time right now, potentially? That's, that's exactly okay. what we're doing. As long as um, we're clear on this. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do is we wanted to talk about a lot of the kind of nonsense theories that we see posted on the internet predicting dire consequences of some kind of physics astronomical nature that sort of falls into Pamela's wheelhouse here and we can sort of speak on it. And to be honest, we have been speaking on this stuff for years and years and years. It never ends. The Mayan apocalypse is only the latest Mm -hmm. apocalypse. Yeah, it's just the latest sort of version of this constant string of people trying to freak people out. And or bilk them out of their or money. Or bilk them out of their money, which is probably the, the best theory. So so I think the, the one that is most relevant right now is this idea of a rogue planet, a planet X or a Nibiru, Nibiru, as it were, uh, which is, go- what is it going to do? This, this rogue planet is going to come out of some strange orbit, is going to pass near the Earth and cause some global catastrophe, polar alignment switching, and consciousness raising. Yeah, I haven't heard the consciousness raising, but we definitely need that part. The the rest we can probably pass on. Yeah, right. So, and sort of, it's like the size of Earth. And you know what? (laughs) You you cannot just say no to these things out of sort of, their evidence is strong. So, Their evidence is one lousy no, Sumerian painting. No, 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 right. So, right. So, so a long time ago, the Sumerians, <laughs> yes. who really knew the future, predicted and drew their drawings with who extra made really cool science fiction they drew, murals. They drew ex, an carvings. extra planet Carved. in their right of in carvings, right in their in their sort of uh, their I don't know constellations. Their or they their, just included the one they were standing right, on. That right. works too. Sure. So. <laughs> So they had predicted this extra planet, right? And but then there's other research about possibly some kind of nemesis star that's that's orbiting the sun. There's uh, what's this Stitchin or whatever his name was. He's been predicting this kind of thing. So the evidence is really solid. And I have seen pictures on the internet and videos on YouTube where you can see, like, you can see, like, there's the sun, 
And then like just below the sun, there's like this thing, like some bright little. Have you little... ever gotten dust on your lens? Yeah, no, 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 no. This is real. This is real. So you've seen this, <laughs> this like bright like light on this picture, and so that means that that it's coming. And no, and the and the thing, no, but like obviously you would think the astronomers would see it, but the, but they don't because it's coming from a direction that no astronomers are looking. Have you heard of the right? solar dynamic so, orbiter? All right. So this is all I'm saying. This is the rogue planet theory. Feel free to debunk it. Okay, so so the the whole problem with this rogue planet theory, this rogue planet, is like theoretically the size of the Earth. So if you go outside with cool binoculars, which several of you in the room have with you, you're gonna see the moons of Jupiter, which are way way smaller than the planet Earth. Some of the ones you're gonna see, they're smaller than the moon, and yet. The idea is that even though we can see these moons of Jupiter that, that are, well, if you were traveling through the solar system, they're several years travel time away. And yet the theory is that there's an Earth-sized object that isn't naked eye brightness that's going to clobber us tomorrow. Now, there, there's multiple problems with this theory. You go outside, you see the moon. The moon covers a section of the sky. The moon is lit up by the sun. If, if there is an Earth-sized object about to clobber the planet Earth, first of all, we would have seen it years ago, unless it's made of some special non-reflective material, in which case we would have oh, seen dark the lack of. <laughs> okay, so, so. I'm not helping, am I? Dark matter doesn't cluster that way. I'm going to start a whole new so, set so of doomsday myths. Let, let, let's say that, that we had an Earth-sized planet under normal Earth-like conditions on its way here. It would have been extremely bright three years ago, naked eye brightness, depending on its orbit. It definitely would be naked eye taking up a huge part of the sky right now if it was going to hit us tomorrow. Yeah. And it probably would have moved the moon. Now, the nice thing about going out right now is we have a nice going towards quarter moon that is setting right after sunset, setting up more and more after sunset. And so if you go outside, you can see the moon behaving as it should, setting 45 minutes later every night at a friendly time for people that want to go to bed and not see dawn. And in the process of seeing the moon, we haven't seen it deviate from its normal orbits. We haven't seen a giant bright object blocking a large part of the sky. And even if this was an object of unusually non-reflective characteristics, it would be blotting a large section of the sky in a very non-cloud-like way. And since we've neither seen stars winking out as this planet heads towards us, and we have not seen gravitational distortions of objects that it passed in orbits it affected, and we have not seen bright object coming towards us, there's not a planet that is going to hit us tomorrow. And if someone tries to say, no, 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 we just got the dates wrong, which is one of those things that you hear after each of these, the world failed to end moments. If you hear tomorrow, oh, no, 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 we just got the calculations wrong. It's actually happening next year. We forgot year zero. The Mayans didn't have a zero. When you hear that excuse, you should still either not see a section of stars or see a bright, highly reflective place. And you should definitely see planets not going where they're supposed to due to the gravitational interactions with this ex object that does not exist. All right. Okay. Okay. But that's okay. Well, you've you've. Uh, I'm not quite as scared about that, but I okay. am pretty scared about this solar flare because I've heard that the sun is at its active 
solar maximum stage that's happening right now, and there are it's particularly active, and there's going to be a gigantic solar flare that's going to blast off the sun, and it's going to roast the Earth. Are, are you planning to spend time on the International Space Station in the near future? Yeah, but no. Really? No, no. no. Okay. I mean, no, I, I've, were I invited? Yes. I have not been invited, but I'm, are, I'm, I'm waiting by the phone. Are, yes. are you a telecommunications satellite orbiting the where planet? Are you, where are you going with this? Are, are you reliant upon electricity in order to stay alive? Yes. Well, would I lose the internet? They're just teaching me all of this stuff. So, so, so the thing is, we do watch stars like the sun on a regular basis, trying desperately to understand what are the possible things our sun might do as it misbehaves. And we've been living with our star for, well, as, as a planet for several billion years. And we've seen it misbehave in various ways, none of them Earth-destroying. And as we watch star after star after star that is similar in chemical composition, similar in mass, similar in every aspect that we can to the planet Earth, and we study these stars as close as we can in hopes of finding planets going around them that we can detect via either transits or Doppler shift methods, as we study these stars over and over and over, looking for extrasolar planets, we do not see planet-destroying misbehaving. Now, what we do have to worry about legitimately during solar maxima is solar flares that shake up the Earth's magnetic field and, in the process, trigger extra electricity to flow through the power grid and knock out the power grid. This has happened before. This happened, in fact, in your country mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. Quebec lost its power grid. We have to worry about the, the occasional communication satellite losing its life in the name of solar flares. And, and astronauts in the International Space Station may need to worry, but in general, no, they're fine. So th this is something we, as human beings on the planet Earth, as long as we have backup batteries for all medical mm -hmm. devices, we're good. So the sun is capable of producing very large solar flares that are damaging to Space, but and producing really beautiful aurora, but nothing that would wipe out life on Earth. No, no, might right. might wipe out power grids. Might That's really right. all we right. have to worry about. So we would lose our internet. Okay. Um, I'm not so afraid. Now I have also heard that uh, all of the planets are going to be lining up into one long line in the sky above the pyramids. Actually, wait. Quite excited. <laughs> Have you not seen this? There's going to be like the three pyramids of Giza, and there's going to be like I don't know Mercury on top of one and Venus on top so, of another. So, 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 and but right, but when you get that, then you get these powerful gravitational no. effects from all of these planets. No. You've got to hear me out. This powerful. <laughs> this stuff is really compelling. These real these powerful gravitational effects of all of these these planets. I don't know, shooting out space laser beams at us or something from space. I'm making that part up, I think. Okay, but, okay. So right, Jupiter but, but powerful gravity. mazes, but... Well, no, so, so... Right, so powerful... Right, so so what... I mean, do planets do align? Of course planets so, line up. So we call just it opposition. Already that we this call is gonna it happen. conjunction. We right. have many words right. for it. Right, and, and And so the, the truth is that the planets in our solar system, more or less, all live in a disk. They have the ability to all line up Every once in a while, this last happened the prettiest back in 1999. We're still here. Mm -hmm. and, and while, yes, there is a slightly greater gravitational pull when all Whoa, of the outer Slightly? What? But, but a semi-truck driving past you has more of a gravitational pull on you. <laughs> 
than all of those planets. Now, are you worried no, about the gravitational no, no. interactions between you and, and a semi truck? Semi truck, right? No, you're good. Right. You're good. Right. So you, I mean, you experience it makes pretty pictures. But then, I mean, you experience really tiny amounts of gravity from these objects. Right. It's just that the sun is really powerful, and they're and well, and we're on. standing on top of the Earth mm -hmm. in our day-to-day -day lives. The Earth's gravity is the dominant factor. The secondary factor we deal with is the moon. It triggers highs. It actually raises the peaks of mountains up and down with its gravitational force. The sun is the next largest effect, also mm -hmm. helping with the tides. Um, secondary to the moon, we mm -hmm. don't get a high tide because right. of the sun. We get higher tides sometimes because of the sun. But at the end of the day, the planets, they're far away. They're, they're just not that big an effect on our day-to-day -day lives. That semi-truck driving past you, much more detectable. And in fact, one of the neatest bits of science I ever learned was in Washington State, they have lots of mountains. And there's a gravitational physics lab, I believe in Seattle, that they have to correct for how rainfall soaking into nearby mountains changes the gravitational pull from those mountains right. on the highly sensitive equipment in their lab. So rainfall soaking into a nearby mountain, more of an effect than those outer planets. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm already very afraid of the rain. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so fine, but I mean, you know, the planets, but I've also heard that the, that the sun is gonna pass through the center of the galaxy or something that would be and very earth, difficult and the earth, to do. the earth and the galaxy no they're going to line up in the sky you're going to get the center of the galaxy center of the milky way you're going to get the earth and you're going to get the sun it's all going to be lined up and again laser beam gravitational cosmic awareness is going to happen no right <laughs> so so again think back to 1999 we had everything nicely aligned lots of panic in the occasional newspaper nothing happened and the reality is the Earth, the Sun, and the center of our galaxy roughly align every year because the center of our galaxy is in the constellation Sagittarius. And so when the Sun is in Sagittarius, which happens in December, those of you who happen to be December babies probably know this, um, when the sun is in Sagittarius, it at one point is more or less lined up with the center of our galaxy as seen from the planet Earth. And really, it doesn't have any right. effect other than you can't observe Sagittarius right. when the sun is in it. But it's gonna be annoying. happening, but it's gonna be happening tomorrow, they say. But actually, it, you know, but it actually happened Tomorrow's like twenty really, years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, at its most alignment, yeah. Yes. Um, okay, all right. Um now, okay, so here's the one, and this, I, I think I saw this on Nova, right? And so I think it's pretty legit. And this is the idea that the magnetic field on the Earth has flipped on, in the past, does it very often, and we're overdue for this geomagnetic so, reversal. So, so, and when this happens, then we'll all fly up into space. So, yeah, we're not going to fly up into space. Yeah. But, but there's an issue of time scales because while really bad things will be really bad if they happen quickly, sometimes it's the opposite of removing the Band-Aid. When it happens slowly, it's better. And when our Earth's magnetic field flips, yeah, that's kind of a bad thing because it, the magnetic field of the Earth is what protects us from high-energy cosmic rays and a lot of other bad stuff we don't want to experience. This is why going to Mars is a bad thing. It doesn't have that magnetic field. Well, the Earth's magnetic field does now and then decide to flip polarities. 
and there is a period in which there isn't significant magnetic field. There's no mass extinctions tied to this, however. There, there is clearly going to be bad things that occur, higher cancer rates, higher, but it's going to happen slowly. And we now have the ability to do things like build caves and go underground where we're protected. Are we going to have to like, go underground? We will be the mole people. All right, wait a minute. So, okay, so this sounds like it's really going to happen. But, but I mean, the point being that the worst that's going to happen is we'll have an increased rate of skin cancer. And, and, and it's a slow and gradual and process. So, right. so we're looking at something that happens on the scale of thousands of years. And, and so it's not like we're going to wake up one day and suddenly we no longer have compasses working on our iPhones or Androids. Because um, really, who uses a real compass anymore? You leave them in a box of magnets, they die. The iPhone lasts better. Um, but, but this isn't something that we have to worry right. about. Right. But what we do have to worry about, I've heard, from a time traveler who's come back from the future has 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 posted that now we're a little late for this so it didn't happen but the the large hadron collider which was constructed in in Europe um when turned on for the first time would create a black hole that would destroy I know it already happened but you know let's let's pretend this didn't happen um for teaching purposes it's a learning moment they um, will be cranking right, it up to higher right. energy of course oh, there we go so they're gonna be cranking up the large so right now it's perfectly safe but yeah so the idea is that the large Hadron Collider is going to be creating miniature black holes and and could be like dropping these miniature black holes into the earth go black holes well wait, wait a second so is this possible totally possible totally awesome I want this to happen Wow, okay. <laughs> well, then there must be some kind of scientific reason why I should not be freaking out right now. No, no, a microscopic black hole. So so if Stephen Hawking is, is correct, then the microscopic black hole gets, gets formed, and then as close to instantaneously as something can happen while still taking time, the sucker's going to evaporate and release a large burst of energy. We give him the Nobel Prize. We move on with life. But how long should this take? Fractions of a second. Right, so these, so if these microscopic black holes are created, and Hawking is right, and Hawking is right, then they will. Well, okay, so if they're created and Hawking is wrong, then we have we drop black holes into the earth, which is awesome. Okay, okay. What do you have against black holes in the center I don't know, of the planet? No, the, the gobbling up the inside of the planet and and us kind of crumbling inward like but, a hollow shell. But the shell. awesome thing about microscopic black holes is they're microscopic. In fact, they're so tiny they pass between atoms, just kind of happily going to the gravitational center of the planet, attracted just like we are, except we luckily don't pass through the floor. Mm -hmm. If I were to make a black hole and drop it right now, it would pass through the floor, through the bottom of the ship, through the ocean, through the, the mm -hmm. mantle of the planet, mm -hmm. happily going through all of the stuff until it found that nice, happy place where its gravitational potential energy equaled zero. And it would sit there so tiny that the probability that it could eat something, it could nom on yeah. the atoms around it, Yeah, was, was such that it might eat something every few decades, every right. few hundred years, and, and it would grow so slowly, our planet will be destroyed via other means before it gets measurably large. Okay, all right. We're good. I'm gonna, I I'm gonna put holes. Okay, I'm going to put that on the slightly concerned list. Um, <laughs> now, 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 but also, I mean, really, the Large Hadron Collider can kill us in a bunch of ways. The other way that I've heard is that it's going to instantaneously release some kind of energy cascade of frozen strange matter in, at the speed of light, converting the Earth and eventually the entire universe 
into this strange matter and killing us all in the process. So, so this is a common concern, but the Large right. Hadron Collider is not what we need to worry about. What? Well, so, so, so here's the thing. There, there's always been that rogue, not rogue, that mainstream theorist working on numerous ideas, not all of which are true. Mm -hmm which include things like they were worried when, when the Apollo missions landed on the moon that the moon had such thick dust that they would just like sink down into the dust dead astronauts. That was a semi-legitimate concern. There, there have been concerns that when we turned on the linear accelerator at, I believe, Brookhaven National Lab, that that would cause the type of nuclear reactions that would destroy the world didn't happen. There's always that theory or two that nowadays leads to legal cases, actually, that when they turn on these facilities, it will destroy the universe. We're just one planet in a vast universe where I'm sure there is a more advanced civilization that has already gone through all of these steps. Or we're alone. Or we're alone. But I'm going to go with there's some okay. other civilization out there that has tried all of this. And they may have blown themselves or up, we but are, they didn't blow up the universe. Or we are the results of a, we are the strange matter. Right? That would explain so much. Right. So we are the results of a failed alien experiment. Um, but right. the, I mean, the reality is that that our universe could decide spontaneously to collapse to a different energy level. It could spontaneously merge with another universe. But these are beyond our control. We're not affecting the universe as a whole. We're simply colliding atoms together. So, so we can't kick one of these off. And I mean, no. I mean, from what I understand, you take some of the particles, some of the cosmic rays coming from, generated by like supermassive black holes, they, they're producing oh, yeah. much more energy than the universe the large is already collider. running these experiments. We call them AGN. Right. It's fine. We're fine. AGN. Active galactic nuclei, right. quasars. Right. Supermassive black holes spewing out high energy the, particles. The yeah. accretion yes. disks, magnetic fields surrounding the supermassive black hole. Right. Black holes don't spit things out. Right. They suck them in. Yes. Like the inside of the Earth. Um, <laughs> Again, I'm good with that. Okay, all right, okay, okay. Um, okay, so well, then the last thing then is, uh, and I guess this is kind of related to the to the rogue planet idea, is that we're going to be hit by a comet or asteroid. So so this is actually the one that could happen. Mm -hmm. but But if someone knew about it, we'd probably all know about it. Right. So you hear occasionally about there's this government conspiracy theory and Apophis is really going to destroy the Earth. Apophis is an asteroid that's going to come very close to destroying the Earth but not actually do it according to all current data. We are watching it closely. Now the thing is, anyone with a backyard telescope has the ability to go out and make the measurements necessary to figure out if we're going to die. There would be international herds of amateur astronomers trying to figure this out if it looked like it was a high risk. So many people can see these things. You can't keep it secret. And even if you tried and this was only accessible by professional observers, we astronomers are in general not to be trusted with secret information. <laughs> I, I remember as, as a baby astronomer, and I'm not going to say where I was at the time I worked at many observatories as a baby astronomer, I, I was happily working away on my data, and in flies my advisor, closing the door, saying, this is so cool, and I'm not allowed to tell you, so you can't tell anyone. And and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm thinking, I'm not even of drinking age. And, and, and so these things happen, and, and we aren't to be trusted with secrets. 
And, and so anyone who tries to think that scientists, more than one, are involved in a conspiracy theory yeah. doesn't know scientists. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the journalists who are to be trusted with secrets. So, um, uh, right, okay, so I think, so, okay, so here's the last one. And I think this is a good, this is, this, is, uh, this is the one that really scares me the most. And this is the possibility that we are uh, under threat of alien invasion. Right. I, I, again, we'd see them ahead of time, probably. But no, they're all among us. They're all around us. They've, the invasion has already begun. But, but okay, so, so obviously there's no way to know for sure that the aliens are among us. They look just like us, except that's ridiculous. But let's, Star Galactica 1984. Right, right but let's imagine right, <laughs> they look just like us. Sorry, 1980. So, yeah. let's, so let's imagine, though, there, there was some kind of alien fleet on its way to us. Would we get any kind of advance notice? We'd see them unless they were coming. So, so the only way we wouldn't see them ahead of time, because it's going to take vast amounts of energy to have an invasion force headed our way. The only way we could potentially see them is if they have a course such that as the sun, is, so the Earth is orbiting the sun and they're coming in, just so that they always stayed directly behind the sun or in a line with the sun, somehow managing to not be observed by solar dynamic orbiter, by um, uh, the, the the mission that has an A and a B on either side. I just lost. Stereo. Yeah. So so that, that it manages to avoid being seen by stereo A or B, which right now is really hard because right. they can pretty much see behind the sun. There, there's really no way that, that an alien force could get to Earth without being observed if they're big enough to actually invade our planet. Now, now things we do need to worry about, and this is where you, you and I know Scott Sigler. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to terrify yourself and cause really weird nightmares... Read his books. One one of his books includes the idea of an alien probe coming in and scattering a, a biological that, that is meant to open a gateway and all sorts of scary stuff. Go read it. Terrify yourself. We don't need to worry about the invasion fleet. We need to worry about the little tiny equivalent of a Voyager 2 that, that comes, comes through our atmosphere and releases toxic bacteria. But the invasion fleet, not a concern. Right. So any spaceship or a group of spaceships capable of getting here from some other location. Independence Day is not going to happen. Falling off, sky right, is right. not going to happen. They'd be giving off so much heat and, Someone needs and to interrogate radiation. Kevin Grazier about how he thinks that the falling sky fleet got to Earth without being detected. Yeah, someone should do that. He's here. Get him. Um, uh, great. Okay, so I think I am uh, I think I'm suitably uh, pacified now. I don't think I'm quite as nervous about all of these things. But I think the point here is, is that all of the, you know, I'm going to border on calling them scams. You know, people are freaking people out on the internet. You see it on these forums. They try to to go to as many places they can and get the word out for reasons I don't really understand. And they're trying to sell books. They're, they're trying selling, to sell survival books. gear. Yeah. They're making money off yeah. of fear. If someone is trying to scare you, you've got to figure out why they're doing it and is there any scientific validity to what it is that they're talking about. And in many cases, you've got to say that the professional astronomers have got to be trusted on these matters. Not... And we can't keep secrets. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you very much, Pamela. I appreciate that. My pleasure. All right. Thanks for listening to Astronomy Cast. 
a nonprofit resource provided by Astrosphere New Media Association, Fraser Kane and Dr. Pamela Gay. You can find show notes and transcripts for every episode at astronomycast.com. You can email us at infoastronomycast.com. Tweet us at astronomycast. Like us on Facebook or circle us on Google+. We record our show live on Google+, every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, or 2000 Greenwich Mean Time. If you missed the live event, you can always catch up over at CosmoQuest.org. If you enjoy Astronomy Cast, why not give us a donation? It helps us pay for bandwidth, transcripts, and show notes. Just click the donate link on the website. All donations are tax-deductible for U.S. residents. You can support the show for free, too. Write a review or recommend us to your friends. Every little bit helps. Click support the show on our website to see some suggestions. To subscribe to the show, point your podcatching software at astronomycast.com slash podcast.xml or subscribe directly from iTunes. Our music is provided by Travis Searle and the show is edited by Preston Gibson. <laughs>